0: Okay, I get this opportunity every other year to speak to the ladies and uh, I I do love it and I am also, honestly, just a touch terrified. I'm just letting you know (laughs) a little bit. Um, And I got a couple of general observations here. Um, I am amazed at the power when women come together. I am amazed at that. You know, you see this group and if you could see what I see, just all the seats filled and just the, the, the potential and the power and what's going on here. Listening to the worship, some of the songs have never sounded better in, in our in my life. I just was listening to you sing and it was just uh, amazing to hear that. I talked to some of the guys that are helping and volunteering and they love it's like they're getting pumped up for you getting but pumped up. They're just like, "Wow, do you feel that that strength in there?" I've noticed that. Um, I've been amazed at the level of preachers that we're able to get for the ladies. Uh, Lisa, I mean, you are just bringing it, and I love your strength. And year after year, we have all these amazing speakers. We're bringing uh, Charlotte back next year. And, you know, so, yeah, that's all good. Yes. So she's come, I mean, but I, it's, I'm amazed at the strength of the lady preachers that we get. Um, I, I, sometimes I get nervous about different elements that you guys do. As pastor, um, I gotta admit, I was just a, just a touch nervous with a fashion show. I just was. I just touched, n- were nervous. And then my wife reminded me once, like, you had the Vikings cheerleaders here once for a sermon. I was like, yeah, that's true. Okay, so <laughs> it was a long time ago. And, and I told them, just wear your sweatsuits, fully zipped up. Okay, but <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, so, but, but yeah, I did say that. Um, <laughs> I just thought, you know, fashion show, church, and all that. You know, Paul. You know, Paul talks about let your beauty be on the inside and the outside, and all that. You know, and so I'm kind of just, you know, but I'm like green light, green light, go ahead. And I just gotta say, I thought it was very well done, tasteful. It was modest. It was, it was like. Not like, this is the most expensive thing. It was good price. It, I just, it was everything you could hope for to say, you know what? Ladies do like these things. They like sparkly things. They like fashion. And it was really well done. And I thought all those that worked hard on the fashion show, again, well done. Uh, as a man observing that, I, I love the modesty, the sensibility of it, and also the fashion. So well done. But sometimes I get nervous, all right? Um, it, I, I do get, feel a huge pressure to preach in front of my wife. My mother-in-law, who's here, my mother, who is here, my sister-in-laws that are here, my nieces that are here. Who knows? I could be speaking in front of my boy's potential wife. I don't know. There's pressure. (laughs) I'm just saying. Saying you never know. (laughs) So it's it's pressure. It's pressure. And of course, you know, I'm preaching in front of Lisa, and she like goes around and preaches to ladies all the time. So there's some pressures. Um, And then I always pray for something new. I don't want to recycle things. And so I, I specifically pray, and I just, it's like a burden that I wear until all of a sudden I feel it that I'm supposed to do it. And, and so I feel like I've got something for you that's new, never preached it before, um, but it, it's dealing with the topic of shine on and uh, God's light in the darkness. And I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 Paul says Remember, our message is not about ourselves, we're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus to you. It started when God said, "Light up the darkness." And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. And if I could do the sparkle version of this, it would be now ever since the beginning when God said, "Shine on." shine on. Let there be light in the darkness, shine on. Ever since then, the message has been God is bringing his light. God is shining light into the darkness. God is going to dispel the darkness with light. But there's always been a battle between light and darkness. Ever since God said, let there be light, shine on, go forth, there's always been a battle Against that, our our enemy, the devil, has always tried to put out the light, to stop the light, to shut it down, say, no light, no shine, no Jesus. And the choice is yours today. You can shine on or you can shut down. And I think you need to shine on. I think as the women of this church and other churches, and we're so grateful for all the other churches that come in, partner, copy this, take it, do it. Let's multiply this over and over again. But the choice is yours. You can shine on or shut down. And I just want to speak in your life how important your shine is, okay? By the way, just for you that uh, like little details and little things insight. Um, our staff knows this, but I, I, somewhere in the back uh, years ago, our nickname for each other became Love Shine, okay? Everybody's got a nickname, all right? And so Becca would say, hey, Love Shine, and our staff are that Love Shine, and, you know, and, so, and then sometimes it's just Shine, so it's kind of fun that our co- conference theme is Shine. But anyways, if you hear me, that's kind of our endearing term for each other, Shine, and that's where it comes from, Love Shine, and, and Shine just sounded better than Love Shine. Anyways, <laughs> all throughout the Bible, women that shine for God... Um, they, they have a, a there's a greater leadership role than you realize. They've been a part of God's plan for his light to shine. And I looked through the whole Bible. And again, the pressure of knowing that Lisa has wrote, written all these books about women and swords and this and shining. Uh, but I, I, I just prayed to I said, God, give me a story. Give me something. Let me give some revelation. Give me something. And so I found one story, one area that I want to concentrate on. And I think you could read your whole Bible and see the strength of women helping the message to shine on. You you just can't. It's everywhere. And it's so amazing to see this. And um, I'm going to focus on the story of Moses and all the women that were involved in his life to get him to the spot that God needed him. Okay? Um, Now, I'm, I'm going to let you know that Everyone in the plan with Moses was a lady, okay? Every one of them was a lady. Two men in the process. One, his dad. He had to be there, all right? His dad, that was it. That's it. All it says is there's a guy, you married this lady, and then it just leaves away. And the other one, you'd say, well, wait a minute, there's another guy in the story, Aaron. Not God's idea, okay? God's idea, the whole plan was all women from the birth of Moses to the platform that he got, every person in that process really was a woman that was involved in the process. And and again, he's like, well, help out my brother, help my brother, I stutter. And God's like, okay, we'll put your brother. He wasn't in the plan, but we'll put him in there if you ask for him. It was all ladies, and it just overwhelms me how many women shine. And I wanna point out the way that they were shining in this process. For those of you that don't know, I just, and I don't assume that everybody knows. Uh, sin separated us from God. God had to have a plan to get us back in relationship with him. Okay? So he knew he'd send Jesus. But in the process, he knew he had to send Jesus through somebody, so he chose the Israelites. That's why the Bible says there is chosen people. He said, I'm going to choose you, and through you, I'm going to bring my deliverer. And so the Old Testament is all the stories about these chosen people trying to get us to Jesus. Okay, so if you think strategy, the enemy is going to say, I need to shut down the Jewish people. I need to stop the Jewish. His whole effort was to cause the, the light that was shining in them to be shut down and bring darkness on them any way possible. Okay, so I'm just setting the stage for you so you know where we're going here. And again, when I preach, I don't assume that everybody knows this. When the process of a famine, the Israelites go to Egypt and in this process, they become slaves. Not God's plan for them. He wanted them to be leaders and be his chosen people, but they're in slavery, and while they're in slavery, God's thinking, I need to send a deliverer, and here's my plan, and he works this plan through women. Exodus chapter one. In verses 15 to 22, we're gonna see the first two ladies that come onto the scene. Exodus chapter one, 15 to 22. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives whose names were Shifra and Puah, okay, when you are hel- Those are the first two ladies that are in the story. When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth and on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. Remember, the devil's plan is to shut out the light. We cannot have a, a redeemer coming. We can't have this happen. If you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. (laughs) That was a lie. I'm just going to tell you. Okay, I'm just going to, it's true. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So the first two women in the plan for God's like, I've got to bring this guy to this platform, but I need some ladies. And so he works through the the midwives, Shiphrah and Pua. I think they're related to Oprah. Okay, so Shiphrah, Pua... (laughs) He says, kill them, kill them, kill the babies, and they're like, no, we're not gonna do this. We fear God more than you. We fear God more than you. And I will say this. If you study the text, it was a slight lie when they went to the Pharaoh, when they went to Pharaoh, and they said, Yeah, the Hebrew women, they just have babies. It just, we can't explain it. It was really kind of a lie. And I'm actually working on a sermon someday. I don't know when I'll ever preach it, but it's kind of in my fun file. Um, It's called Slight Lie Theology. But I just, you know, so. But they did. They just kind of slightly, it just happened, you know, and they're trying to look for a way to say, we're going to disobey you. And here's the thing that I want to say about these two ladies. Women that shine on, stand up for God, and against wrong authorities. Women that shine on stand up for God and against wrong authorities. They just do. You are called to a higher level to stand up to your obedience to God and sometimes there may be an authority that says you're going to do it. You say, no, I answer to a higher authority. And I know that this is always... A touchy thing. Is this civil disobedience? What is this? Are you are you going to stand up against the authority? How are you going to do this? And I know it's like a fine line that's here, but it appears that these people, these two women, are saying we have a higher standard, a higher obligation to God than to you. Now you're in authority; you could kill us, and if you do, oh well. But we are going to obey a higher authority. And there's something in a woman that says, I'm going to shine on, that says, I will answer to a higher authority, and there are times I will come against an authority because I'm answering to a higher authority. I guess the the best way I could illustrate this is when I was a a kid, we grew up in Egan, and there was a drug paraphernalia shop that came into town. And my mom saw this. It was literally right across the street from uh, my elementary school. And she's like, you are not putting a drug paraphernalia shop in our neighborhood, you know, so she goes over there and every day after school we're out there picketing with our signs, you know? you know. Seriously, you know, like no homework, we're picketing. And she's getting neighbors in there, and she's like, We are going, and they're like, You can't do this. She's like, Well, where can we pick it? Right here. Well, then she thought, we will shame these people that are going into the drugstore, this drug paraphernalia, so we'll have a camera and we'll take pictures of everyone. So she's out there, We're taking this picture, we're sending it to the Star Tribute, you know. And she's doing it. Well then they come over to her and they're like, Isabel, that's against the law, you can't take pictures. And she's like, well what if I do it with a camera with no film? And they're like, well that's not against the law. So she's walking around with a camera with no film, we're taking pictures of you, we're sending it to the Star Tribune, we're shutting you down. I mean, and the place is like, we're leaving to a town that has no Isabel. All right, you know. All right. There are times that you have to stand up and be the mom that's going to stand up, be the woman that's going to stand up. And there is it, you just, you, you'll know it when you're supposed to, and there's other things that you need to hear this. You have permission to stand up for things that even guys can't stand up for. All right, you do. Stand up. These two ladies in the plan, their job was to stand up for God and, and obey a higher authority. And they said the light will shine on because we're going to stand up for God. Now, now another one, Exodus uh, 2, 1 through 4. All right, so we have this next lady here. It's Moses' mother, and we know her name is Jochebed. It says, Now a man in the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him there for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the banks of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. And women that shine on, when I see this with Jochebed, with Moses' mother, they have a sacrificial love. They have a sacrificial love. Think about this. This woman had to give up Moses two times. Two times. Once to a river that may kill him, and the second time to a woman that may undo all the good she put in his life, yeah. and she's like, "If it's part of God's plan, I'm gonna do." It. I mean, this lady was amazing. First of all, imagine trying to keep a child quiet for three months with the penalty of death for your child, and she's like, "Okay." So she's doing this. Then imagine putting him in a basket and hoping. There's no guarantee. I mean, we read the story with hindsight bias. We see that. He, but she's literally saying, put the baby in the river. Watch. Rivers move. I've been to the Nile. The river moves. It, it could sweep them away. I mean, just think about the crying that must have been going on in this woman. She has no idea that a miracle is about to happen. But she's like, if this is what I've got to do, I, I'm going to sacrifice. I've hit him. Now I'm going to put him in a basket. I'm hoping. I'm praying. It's amazing. Now, it's interesting. In verse 2, it says she saw something in him. And I just want to point out, do you know that Moses wrote this? Moses wrote this. And it says in verse 2, she saw that he was a fine child. You know, and I thought, (laughs) (laughs) kind of funny, because how many know that Men don't see the same thing in babies that women do, right? You're like, we didn't know that. Okay, you're about to be enlightened. All right. Uh, when, when the baby's born, the guys are like, oh, they, there's kind of cheese on them. Okay, get that off of the baby. Uh, they're slimy. They're, whoa, you know, right? And there's something in us that is kind of like, hey, that's our baby, and you want to protect them. But there's not nearly as much of that strong connection like there is with a mom right away. And all of a sudden, here's where the connection happens. The, the moment that the dad realizes, like, these things can be trained, that's like a revelation, you know, like, you know, like, you're like, do touchdown, they're like, touchdown. You're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Do stinky, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Do the mean mug, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'll tell you what. For a dad, there's like this revelation, like, oh, whoa, they can be trained, they can be mimicked, they're gonna mimic me. What am I living like? Oh my goodness, wow. Oh, it is, it's like a heavy. But I'm just saying, Moses, like, he had something on him that just he was just taking a little editorial privilege there. I think, anyways. <laughs> And in, in, in the midst of this, she, she lets him go. She does this. And, and can I say this, women, you make some of the greatest sacrifices to the kingdom of God. I remember having a mom come in my office and saying, I can't believe my kids and my grandkids are going off to this country where they could die. And I'm thinking, you're making a sacrifice. You're making a sacrifice. You're making a sacrifice. Maybe some of you have made a sacrifice to follow a job transfer here that your husband got. And you said, Minnesota. Why Lord? Why? You know <laughs> sacrifice. You're making sacrifices. I can't even imagine. You know there's a again, a, the man's perspective of going to war is like this is, go and may God be with you. And I can't imagine what it feels like for a mom like you are in me and I'm sending you and I'm praying for your safety every day. You make the greatest sacrifices. And I think in this story, it, it don't miss it. She made an incredible sacrifice. I'm sure you understand it, but we, we see that the baby was rescued. But man, she made an incredible sacrifice. Side note of this, I guarantee you that over the first four years of his life, she, she sang over Moses, she prayed over Moses, she did everything she could. She taught him every rhyme that the Hebrew people knew. She knew that even though Pharaoh's daughter eventually was going to take Moses and try to undo all that, she knew, I'm going to pound it into that boy's head ages one through four or birth through four. And uh, isn't it amazing that scientists are now showing us that like those first four years are incredible. You put it in there, it stays in there. It's locked in there. It's down in there. And I I guarantee you what she spoke over her child, prayed over her child, uh, rhymed over her child, uh, manifest in his life later on. It had to have. And... um, I just want to say this because I love live stream that we have, um, but moms, please don't, please don't let live stream be a substitute to live attendance at church. Okay, okay. I just want to say this: you may live stream in bed watching the service, but your kids don't get live stream kids' service. Okay. Get them here. Get them touched. Let them be a part of it. Plant it in them. Get it in them. And and don't even, when they're young, say, well, you know, the snow season, they go to the bathroom, and then you got to unpack them and, you know, all this stuff. Get them here. Get them here. Get them here. Get them around the things of God as often as possible and get that planted in them. Because I know she did that. She just got the things of God. But she had a a sacrificial love. All right, same text, another girl, verse 4. It said, the sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. And then in verse 7, I love what his sister says. Miriam is her name. Then his sister asks Pharaoh's daughter, okay, because here's the thing. She's in the thing, and just in case you don't know the story, Pharaoh's daughter sees Moses, and he's like, oh, I need a baby. I'm going to take care of the baby. And the sister's watching this, and she jumps right in and says, oh, you want this baby? How about if I find a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby and wean this baby and take care of this baby until you're ready for him, until he's potty trained, because they're really a lot of work until they're potty trained. Okay, so... (laughs) And, and Pharaoh's daughter's like, yes, that's great. And, and she's like, uh, sure, that'd be wonderful. And I think she might be the first blonde in the Bible. I'm just saying, you're like, that's great, okay. Okay, I'm just, it was a joke, it was a joke. It was a joke, i tell you, yeah. Okay, It's a joke, it a joke, It's a joke. All right, <laughs> pull it together, all right. Back to Miriam, back to Miriam. Women that shine on are creative and resourceful. God has given you a creativity and a resourcefulness, and he wants you to use it to keep his light shining on. He wants you to use it. Here's Miriam. Right there, how about if I go get a Hebrew woman and I have her nurse's baby until they're ready to be, and then you can do it. I mean, right there, she's using quick thinking, creative. And you ladies, you are quick thinkers, you are creative. You have all this ability. And, and I'm gonna say something and I don't, don't want you to take it the wrong way. Hobbies are great, but use your creativity for God. Hobbies are great, but use your creativity for God. If I was trying to strategize against the church today, I would make every channel appeal to every interest that um, would distract you from using your resources for the things of God. I'd make you think about every craft, every project, everything, because it used to be that the ladies were around the church all the time, all the time. We'd look around the church, and I can remember the first church I was in, Sister Gertis was there every day every day sister Gert, she's like what do we need to clean what do we need to do son you need to shape up there you know you should shave better you're not i mean she was on me she was on every she's like what are we doing we're going to do this we're going gonna... let's go do... let's go feed the people let's go take care and 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 she's like i'll call the ladies and and all of a sudden the ladies were gone the ladies were gone and the workplace took them away and i understand that yet yeah, sometimes in our economy that has to happen and then all of a sudden but now it doesn't it, it seems to me as your pastor or as a pastor if you're visiting that it seems like Martha Stewart's, Stewart's demanding your creativity and Pinterest is demanding your creativity and HGTV is create, demanding your creativity. And then we say, can we have uh, help for some sparkle team people? It's like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm just saying God's given you your creativity to advance the kingdom of God. Don't let a hobby be a distraction. Okay. Yes. Let it supplement it. Okay. All right. Receive it. Okay. So Miriam uses her creativity, and she is quick. She's resourceful. And we know she's amazing in her creativity because in, in Exodus 15, she's the songwriter, okay? God's delivered his people. They've conquered. They've crossed the Red Sea. And, I mean, those of you that are old school that really know this one, you know that song those, I will sing unto the Lord for he is triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into. She wrote it, but not that way, okay? It was a different <laughs> tempo, okay? She wrote that. She wrote that when all of Israel is dancing around and they're like, Miriam, get your timbrel down and sing and dance and and dance around. I mean, and shout. She was leading the creative expression of praise and worship going on, okay? So we know that women that help the message shine on are creative and resourceful, okay? Now, Now, same text again. Verse six, this is Pharaoh's daughter. She opened the the basket and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Remember, then Miriam jumps in. Would you like to have this baby? Would you like me to take care of this baby? But I want to say this. Women that shine on are compassionate. Women that shine on are compassionate. Here's Pharaoh's daughter, and I don't want you to miss this in the text. Pharaoh's daughter, her dad is the one that says all the Hebrew babies have to die her dad. And there's something within here that says, compassion is oozing out of me. I'm not even part of the story, but my compassion is now bringing me into the story. Okay, now don't miss this. Sometimes our compassionate good works bring people far away from God into the story. Do you realize that when you go to work Or your neighborhood Or wherever you're going this week Shopping, hanging with friends Coffee, tea, whatever And you talk about the compassionate good work That was done Setting women free out of human sex trafficking It was just an offering we received That compassion could bring people into the story It it can All of a sudden there's something within women That compassion rises up And they're compelled to be a part of the story So she was compelled through compassion to be part of the story. It's her dad that's standing against this and and she's like, I don't care. I am going to to be a part of this. I am going to shine on in my compassion. So use your compassion to help the light of Jesus shine on. Use your compassion in the church, in the ministries, in the local project to help the light shine on because that compassion... um, it gives authority to the message we preach. That compassion gives authority that we care for all people where they're at, all right? One more lady here in the story. Women that shine on do whatever it takes. And this lady, you're gonna see that she does whatever it takes. Lady, lady, later on, um, Moses is uh, raised. He knows that he's Hebrew. He knows that he's different. He kills someone, goes into exile, goes out into the desert, and sees this lady, Zephora, and he's like, she's. I'm gonna marry her, so he marries her. And um, in this, she does whatever it takes to keep the light of God shining on. Now, I'm gonna tell you, this is gonna be just kind of an awkward one to talk about, but I'm gonna give you the story, and it's kind of a revelation for me and for you. Um, uh, so, Zephora realizes she needs to step in where her husband has dropped the ball. Okay, God has now said, Moses, I want you to come back and set my people free and I'm in covenant relationship with them, and the things that they've forgotten to do while they've been in slavery, we're gonna reinstitute those, and, and one of those things is gonna be circumcision. Okay, remember I said it was gonna be awkward. All right, so she said, he said, we're gonna reinstitute this, and so Moses goes and doesn't obey God. He doesn't obey God. And I don't have time to go into it, but in Exodus chapter four, he doesn't obey God. He doesn't start with his own family, and he doesn't take care of his own kids. And the best I can tell, the Bible tells us in Exodus 4 that God was about to kill Moses. And the best I can tell why he would do that is he was saying, Moses, I will not let you preach what you won't practice. Not my leader. My leader is going to preach and practice it right here. And so if you're not going to institute this relationship with me with circumcision and my sign on my people, I'm going to kill you. Okay, I know this is heavy, okay? This is heavy. And Zephora, his wife, realizes something must be going on. There must be a spiritual intuition that's going on. And she's like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to keep my man alive and to keep the light alive and to get him to his destiny. And so in Exodus 4, the Bible tells us that she's like, I will do whatever it's gonna take And I am going to circumcise my youngest child because he's not in on the plan. And I'm just going to tell you, ladies, there's one thing you never want to hear your mom say. Get over here so your mom can circumcise you. You never want to hear that. I'm just going to tell you. You never, ever. And she may lie to you and say, this is going to hurt me. It's not. That's a lie. It's a lie. (laughs) But this lady's like, I'm doing whatever it takes to keep the guy alive that needs to get there, and I'm part of this story, and my job is to do whatever it takes. Yep. Yep. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so she goes and circumcises their youngest son. Now, I wanna, I wanna, again, I'm not trying to gross anybody. I'm not trying to be sexual with this. This is real. This is God's mark on it that he, that he talked about his people, okay? And Zephora just has this spiritual intuition. Ladies, use your spiritual intuition, Use that. It's a gift that you have. You're, you're way more sensitive to the things of God than men are. You just are. You are way more sensitive. You just, you, you're way more aware of the supernatural, okay? Use that spiritual intuition. And she has this. She takes care of this. And I want to point this out. Exodus talks about her going over. And again, just this is the story. I'm trying to help you to understand this. She goes over and takes the foreskin and touches it to Moses, Okay, and then she says, you are a husband of blood to me. Now, she's mad, okay? Any lady that would have to do this would be mad, okay? And she's mad at him, but I want you to catch this. She's mad, and she said, my job is to help get him to where he needs to be. The light will shine on, and if I do this, he's still in trouble because it was his duty to do it. So she believes that by going and touching him, physically with this, touching him, she's saying to God, he did it through me. Account my righteousness to my husband. My obedience can be accounted to my husband. Don't kill my husband. I'm going to be more obedient than he is, but I'm not going to stand over there and go, well, God, if you want to kill him and give me a new husband, go ahead. She's like I'm going to figure out how to get it from me to you and make you better. You missed it, but I'm and I'm going to let you know you missed it, but I'm going to let you know before God I'm giving you the honor and saying we're a team. Wow, I mean, it just blows me away that she would be this, this bold and say, I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll do this. I'll do it. And I want you to count my obedience to my husband. We are in this together. I make him better. Yes, yes. Wow, it just blows me away. And then finally, God gets his guy to where he needs to be so that his people can be set free. But if you catch this, everyone along the process was a woman. Ladies, you need to shine on. Ladies, you need to shine on. You have the opportunity to shine so bright to be all that God has called you. There's a place for you. Use what he's given you. Do whatever it takes. Shine on. Use your creativity. Obey a higher authority. Be resourceful. Be sacrificial. And let's build the kingdom of God together. Shine on. That is your call. That is your call. And in just one story God says, look at how I use these ladies. Look at this. And I think he repeats this over and over and over and over again. He says, you know what, ladies? I will use you. You are part of this plan. You shine on. You shine on. And I want to read something to you, a little poem. We have the keyboard up. Um, we found this online. online. And uh, I just want to read it over you. It's, there's a version online of a guy declaring this, but I just felt it was so good for you to hear, and I've modified it slightly. But I want you to hear how amazing you are as women, how amazing you are to shine on for Jesus Christ. And I want you to know you're beautiful. You are smart. You are funny. You are kind. You are unique. You are worthy of love and affection. You are never too much, and you are always enough. You are precious. You are a diamond. You are a rose, a pearl. You're the most stunning of all God's creation. Shine on. You are worth more than you could ever imagine, worth more than the numbers on the scale or the hair product you use or the shoes you wear or how many girls wish they were you or how many guys wish they had you, more than the price tags on your clothes or more than the percentage at the top of your math test or the number of followers you have on Twitter. Your worth surpasses all earthly things because in the eyes of the Lord God, you are loved and you are worth dying for. Shine on. Regardless of who you think you are, whether you model on a magazine or model pottery with grandma, whether you're on the hot list or the not list, whether you're the head cheerleader, the high school dropout, whether you're mispopular or if you've never had anyone you could call a friend, whether you love yourself or love your life or you can't stand to look in the mirror and feel as if everything in your life is falling apart, whether you're such a winner or you feel like the world's biggest failure, regardless of who you are, the reality is that you deserve someone who would give their life for you. Because you are powerful and strong and capable Read about the women of the Bible Esther, Ruth, Martha, Mary, Jochebed, Miriam These women change the world forever And inside you, each and every one of you Is a woman with the same power, that same strength that the same world-changing capability And your responsibility is to find that woman And to set that woman free That's who you are And any voices that are in your mind and try to tell you differently are from the enemy. And the next time you hear it, that is when you say, you say, nah, not me, Satan. I am a daughter of the living God, cherished, loved, and adored above all things by the creator of all things for the glory of him who is greater than all things. I am awesome in Christ. Ladies, I charge you, shine on
1: that is a good word pastor rob i'm a little weepy maybe some of you are too so good I loved one of the first things you said, shine on or shut down, and those are the options we have, and some of you came this weekend ready to shut down, and God had a different word for you. He had a different thought for you, and Pastor Rob summed it up beautifully, beautifully. You are awesome in Christ we are not awesome in ourselves. We are awesome in Christ. And I love, I love the moments that you share for us, Pastor Rob, because it could be intimidating to share in front of, especially when you make blonde jokes. Yikes. But I know all the blondes out here, were still listening to you. And the word that you spoke, let it sink in. Let's go out with that just on our hearts i love it i have some some details to share with you but i just want to pray a blessing over you if i can before i share the details so pray with me father thank you for your presence thank you for your sweet spirit that we sent so strongly in this moment thank you for your words of truth that they give us the power to not just go out from this place and live the same, but to go out and be changed, and be fierce, and be mighty for you, God. Thank you that you are the light in us that shines out, God, and allow us to continue shining. Thank you for your forgiveness, and your love, and your grace. Thank you for your awesomeness in us, and we love you, Jesus. We're thankful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.